0: Big heads Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs But they never win Two flags in 100 years shit <laughs> house Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now
1: That was two years ago, mate, get over it If you think we'll be insightful
0: Clever
1: or just we'll be searched. We're here to say that's not the case
0: We'll just go out and wing it We are Two Guys, One Cup It is Wednesday, April the 4th Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup,
1: and AFL podcast My name is Will Anderson And my name is Charlie Clawson Great, we've got a footy podcast And that's podcast. the end of the podcast yep. Anyway, good,
0: uh, <laughs> good luck to you all Hope you enjoy your season I'm off to follow basketball or soccer or fucking some other sport uh. Anyway, it was great to do this podcast I hope you've enjoyed it And now all just fuck off <laughs>
1: I mean, that's no hyperbole. That's no hyperbole. It is – I have never felt worse (laughs) about being a football fan than how I've felt over the last five days. Like I I read – there's a blog. There's a guy who does a a great um, St. Kilda-themed blog called Red, White and Black, and he he updates it every week and he summed it up perfectly where he said, this was a game in which there were no positives. And for someone like Alan Richardson, that's going to be really galling. I mean, that's his go-to phrase, but it's true. Like everything about that performance. Like I don't think, I, I back for the Saints in the 80s and I can't quite remember a game that was quite so dispiriting as that one. Everything about it was sad. Oh, it was like they were
0: trying to recreate the feeling of Jesus on the cross. Like I mean, it was the typical Good Friday game because the Saints literally got crucified. Yeah, they except they didn't put up any fight. I guess Jesus didn't put up any fight either. He was, he just pretty much you know succumbed to the fact that at least Jesus had a guy, a couple of outside players next to him on either wing that he could feed it to.
1: But the Saints didn't even have that. It was just, it was just hard to describe. And I was watching it in LA with this uh, uh, you know sort of dodgy cable connection, so it kept dropping out. So it was like I was hearing about a massacre in Morse code because I would just glimpse... At, like, I would come back in for about a minute and I would see something disastrous. Then I would lose the connection. And I'd come back two minutes later and it's like, well, Ben Brown's just kicked like three goals. What the hell happened? And it was... I just... I honestly, I wrote, I've i written some things down, Will, <laughs> about well, how I feel about I, I, this I imagine
0: during that time when it broke out, Charlie, that you went and just stood by the window like a war widow waiting for your man to come home from the war, because that's pretty much what it felt like to watch it. I watched that whole game and, oh, oh man, like the amount of times that I resisted the urge to just like message you <laughs> and just say, it's okay, we don't actually have to do this footy podcast. We can go back to our old podcast and we can talk about superhero movies and like you know the dis- I never thought that the disappointment we felt from you know uh the, you know Batman versus Superman
1: <laughs> would be matched by
0: the disappointment that we felt by St Kilda no, this, versus North Melbourne. This, I'm
1: not this is I'm not exaggerating when I say that that was the worst game I've ever seen people in Saints players perform. And I think I'm more forgiving of the 80s because back then we were bankrupt and you know we were just taking whatever players would come to our club. Like there was a reason but this was just off all the goodwill of the last two years and the move back to Morabin and stuff to then just serve that up. There was nothing about it that I could even identify as being St Kilda. At least when we were shit in the 80s, we were shit, but we had Mungrel and we had like Trevor Barker and we had people willing to stand up, you know, for the club. But I just watched that game and was like, what do we even stand for? Like, what is St Kilda anymore?
0: I've got to say that I'm blaming the move back to Morabin. Right. I feel like they've lost their spiritual heartland of Seaford and uh, they just can't concentrate. You know, they've moved back into the city. They're too distracted by all the modern city conveniences. Yeah. You know, suddenly they're having, you know, great lattes down the street. They're, They're enjoying the modern city lifestyle. You know what they did when they only had that one subway they could go to in Seaford? Concentrated on playing football, Charlie.
1: Yeah, it's true, man. Like I've really, I wrote down a list of things like a pros and cons list. Like, you know, when you're thinking about breaking up with someone and when I got to the end of the list, I was like, okay, well, if I quit now, like if I just... By the way, I hope it, I, to use your relationship analogy, Yeah, I, it's like the idea of like
0: somebody after a bad second date, just burning their <laughs> marriage certificate, <laughs> sending it back to their partner.
1: This is not a put it in the microwave. This is not a second date though. Like... I've invested so much time and energy and passion into a group of strangers, just a kind of completely random choice to follow a group of strangers who will somehow bring me some joy in my life. Like, that's a wasted time. Like, I literally wrote down the one thing, the couple things I've got out of going to the football is I've made friendships. You know what I mean? I've been able to talk to any bloke on the street because I know about football. Right, So that's a positive. And I've made some actual friendships based around the St. Gilda Football Club. Like, There's friends of mine who we go to the football together. My family. I'm probably a lot closer to my family because of the Saints. But it's not enough. <laughs> like, It's no, not enough.
0: It's a, just a shared horrible experience. It really like, is. Essentially, essentially, those friendships are based on the, like, the fact that you all survived 9-11. You know, like (laughs) you've just got this horrible thing that you share together, but it doesn't bring you any joy. You know the thing that I feel like at the moment with, uh, you know, both our footy teams, it's a bit like some band that you were once into that was once good. Like, Mm. you know, to me, the Bulldogs feel like the Black Eyed Peas at the moment. Like the first couple of albums were fantastic and they'll bring me a a lot of joy. And then they just got really, really shit. And somehow I have to keep going to their concerts because it's football.
1: I think for me, it's... The Saints have never been middle of the road. We've always been shit with glimpses of brilliance. But I couldn't see like a 10-year Carlton-type period here where we just chase our tails and just ha- prop up the ladder for a, a bunch of years. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, if they came out... Well, the good news for you guys based on
0: Friday's experience is you'll chase your tails, but you'll certainly never catch your tails or be able to tackle your tails. <laughs>
1: it's true. true. It's true. I was so disheartened. I mean, then watching the game on Easter Monday and, and just trying to imagine what it must be like to, to barrack for one of those two teams. Like the pride you must have. You know? The fact that there are these blockbuster matches. You pipe down, Mike Al, You don't count this conversation because I, I thought about you and I got very mad. But fucking hell, man. Like, that must be such a nice feeling. It's like it's like I guess you know I grew up I grew up without a dad and I and I used to look to to Dan Connor and Roseanne and go Wow imagine if Dan Connor was my dad my, that, my, I'd be so great like I, someone just show me how to be a man teach me how to grow up It's like that's what Hawthorne and Geelong are like they're like the Dan Connors you look at him you're like Oh yeah geez that's what it means to and be a now, man But you've got the Dan Connor that you
0: thought was going to be a good dad but now has turned out in the reboot as a Trump supporter Yeah exactly. <laughs>
1: I prefer to you when you were dead, Dan. I, just say St Kilda came out this week and smashed Adelaide, which we won't. But just say we did. I reckon last week's loss was so bad that that stink is going to stay with this club all season. Like I think, I think, I think, I think something bad happened. Like I honestly feel like you know when you pull an injury and you're like, oh, mm, I th- that that feels worse. Then I th- think that I don't. Know, I've never, I've never like broken a leg or popped a hamstring before. But I think I, I felt something go there. Like I'm worried. I'm actually really worried now.
0: Yeah, I, I can understand that. Like I mean, it's only round two, and the Saints were okay in round one. And look, they had an absolute shocker. And look, here's the good news: you get Adelaide at a good time. Like, you know, they had a really huge win in Adelaide, but it cost them a lot. They got a whole bunch of injuries and they dragged themselves across the line, you know, grand final rematch style. It is the best time to get them. So there is a chance that next week, oh, this is how they get you though, Charlie. Yeah, This is how they get you back in. See, it's not working. They they lure you in with this idea that, you know, maybe next week against Adelaide, it's all going to turn around and Richo is going to be warming up those loops to say the words pleasing
1: publicly, but he won't be able to. Did you see his interview on 360 Monday night?
0: No, nah, I haven't. Uh, I'm As I was telling you off air, I'm still existing purely in a world right. where every bit of internet I have <laughs> is hotspotted off my phone. Yeah. So the majority of that is currently being used to watch the games on the weekend and then to uh, record this podcast. So essentially, it's costing me hundreds of dollars in fucking data <laughs> to talk about something
1: that I do not want to talk about. His body language on Monday night, and, and Robbo went in pretty hard actually, it was so... Mm. Which like, makes it even worse when you put yourself in a position where Robo can go. Yeah, and- like take t- t- the high ground. <laughs> but his oh. body language was so defensive and he was, he was rattled. Like he had no answers for it. And that's the thing about this that feels different is you feel like it's the kind of performance that could affect like, you know, the board down. It was really – St. Kilda supporters, we're, we're beaten dogs. We don't complain about a lot. Like we put up with a lot of fucking abuse. So if we arc up, then you know something's wrong. Well,
0: I feel like the Bulldogs have got a bit of that as well at the moment. So... The one constant, like the one thing that is you know, common between St Kilda and between the Bulldogs, mm. and I'm sorry to point the finger at one of our own, but that's what we do here on Two Guys, One Cop. I'm talking about Meat Baines. Yeah. Uh, he's the one constant. He's gone from St Kilda, where he's clearly infected St Kilda, and then he's taken that sort of attitude over to the Bulldogs. In fact, I think perhaps he's, there's no S on the end of his name, and it's a Meat bane and he's part of some sort of plot to take the clubs down from the inside. You'll think you were born playing for premierships. <laughs> it was weird how he just lingers in the corridor before the games <laughs> and comments on how beautiful the voice of the person singing the national anthem is.
1: Yeah, the Bulldogs game, um, that was hard to watch as well. There is a similarity in the way. Not that- for me. It was easy to not watch for me. All oh, right, you didn't you didn't watch it at all? So when where, did, where did two you, weeks
0: in a row? I may not watch any football
1: this year, Charlie, <laughs> based on the way that the Bulldogs are going about it. So did, were you tracking it on your phone or something, or did you watch a replay, not knowing the score? No, so I um
0: I uh, had something on at the same time as the game on the weekend. Mm. Luckily, um, I had a comedy festival commitments, and so. By the time I got out of my first commitment, it was, you know, not going well for the Bulldogs. And I was like, well, won't have to catch up on that game. Can just read about how we're in clubbing crisis in the newspapers
1: tomorrow. Yeah. Does it make you wonder about the coach, though? Like when the players put in lethargic performances, does it make you wonder? I mean, what? who has to take responsibility for that? Do you just blame every single individual player? You just blame everyone, just randomly.
0: (laughs) I feel like we're- Indiscriminate. I blame Sid Sid the Bulldog, our mascot who went and fucking died. Like if you look at the trajectory, Mm. Sid was at his prime, at his peak when we won the premiership, and then he retired the next year. We had a shocking year, premiership hangover, Mm. and then Sid's gone and died, and the whole heart of the club's gone. I blame Sid.
1: It's the portrait of the Bulldogs' grey. Like you had that flag, now your reflection is slowly deteriorating on the other side of the mirror.
0: Oh yeah, we have a giant uh, Brad Hardy portrait in the <laughs> attic
1: at the Bulldogs and you should see it. Yeah. He's not looking well. So what do we do? Do we, do we just like, do we persist with these clubs? I mean, you, they, you owe them loyalty. They've got at least 10 years of your loyalty, but I don't know, man. Do I? Because like, don't I take some
0: of the loyalty oh, that I showed the to them before to... the premiership? Yeah, it's a good point. I feel like when they won
1: the premiership, we were even. <laughs> okay. I felt. <laughs> yeah, but last time you were even with a club, you gave them 42 years. So, <laughs> so they've got you till you're 84.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure that I can go through it all again. It was worth it once. But you know, in the same way as I've been skydiving, I don't need to go skydiving again. I've experienced what skydiving's like, and I'm not sure I'm going to replicate the thrill.
1: I've noticed friends of mine who were rabid Carlton supporters all through the 90s and stuff in the 2000s drop away. And I remember thinking, like, ah, you cowards, like backing away from your club just because it's like year after year after year after mediocrity and a tease and mediocrity and mediocrity. But now we'll. <laughs> I'm starting to have a bit of sympathy. I I think I understand.
0: Well, this is the thing. Like, I'm not watching these games because I don't want to see them like that. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see them in that way. I, you yeah. know, it's you want like to remember the good times. Paper- yeah, exactly. I just want to like watch the 2016 finals series over and over again. I don't need to see this stuff. That said, we have. On the weekend, we had 11 players who played in that premiership team, which is kind of insane in itself that we're like a year and a half away from that flag and we had 11 players playing from that team. We had the youngest AFL list going uh, around on the weekend. Mm. It's a weird position for the Bulldogs to be in. We've lost our entire back line. Like I do think that what happens with footy, I reckon, is that the number one problem you have in footy is your personnel on the field, mm-hmm. right? And if you have your whole team on the field and you're still not winning, that's when you look to all those other things, the culture and the you know, system and everything else around. Um, we just haven't had a you know, full strength team on the field, but it's not just through injury. Like Bevo hasn't been playing a lot of those premiership players. A lot of them have been playing in the, the VFL and not get picked in the AFL. And there is a part of me that starts to think that, if I could guess from the outside and I'm definitely guessing, I don't have a lot of inside information on this, but I would say that in the Premiership hangover year, there was a few players who probably celebrated a bit too hard and you know, you know, like you know celebrated the victory in whatever sense that means and didn't come back with the right attitude and that Bevo thought, well, I've got to you know put my foot down hard and mm. I've got to show that this is not acceptable and I'm not just going to play them because they're Premiership players, but maybe he put his foot down too hard and it's fractured the group but it's also i think what they've lost completely is any confidence i think they've got to the point where you know there was that time where they all just played with this enormous freedom like Mm. they've been given permission to take risks and do what they want and now they're not playing with that at all and i wonder if it's because half the team are worried if they have a shocking game they'll be in the vfl
1: again well i think it's that thing of 2016 you had nothing to lose like you were the ragtag bunch of misfits. Like it didn't matter. You were the Mighty Ducks. But now right. there's something to protect. There's, there's a reputation. There's something, you know, at stake. Think about it like Rocky 3. <laughs> Remember Rocky 3, the opening credits, where Rocky's like, you know, riding high on being a heavyweight champion and he's like doing endorsements and he's on the Muppet Show and he's riding motorbikes and stuff. And then Mr. T's out in the alleyway, like jogging up and down the alleyway and punching bricks and all that kind of stuff. That's the problem. Too much too much muppet show for the bulldogs. So does that mean that we have to find our previous
0: greatest enemy and bring them back in to help us train against our new enemies?
1: Yeah. Who would that be?
0: Well, I mean, I guess like Who's your greatest bulldogs? rival? Who is the
1: bulldogs rival? ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love it. We've started with Rocky, but now we go into some like French art house, you know, double life of Veronique. <laughs> That's a thing, man. You get into the boxing ring, but you're looking in a mirror. <laughs> the person he was really fighting was himself. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. <sighs> I, I, I... Part of me is like, if they sack Richardson now, or just say we get, you know, we've got a really tough month. We've got GWS, Adelaide, Hawthorne, Geelong in the next month. Just say we get smashed. I mean, if they sack Richo, like, what's the rest of the year look like then? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that Richo is the right coach for us. Like, I, I want to. I really want to. I, I, I like him, but I'm just, I don't think I can go through all this shit again. I don't know. I don't know. Might be time for Scott Waters, Mark 2. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. Like, who do you go to? Who's out there? Like, what what, what do you go
0: to? Oh, what about... How about this? Mid-season draft swap. Mm. Richo to Collingwood. Buckley to St Kilda.
1: I might try that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean... I don't know. See, I'm not. I don't think I'm an astute uh, football observer to know whether it is we just don't have the right players, or whether it's something to do with him. I don't really. I don't know. Or maybe it's the assistant coaches. Maybe it's the Ford coach. It's the backline coach. I don't. I don't know. But it's. I. I can't remember a time being. Um, I've been less enthused for a for an oncoming season. And I've, this is a team that's won 27 wooden spoons, and I'm saying that <laughs> like. And we're, we're one and one. We're not even like, we haven't even lost the first two. I but know. We're bottom of the ladder. <laughs> the Bulldogs are bottom. See,
0: that's bottom what this podcast was meant
1: to be, us
0: arguing over whose team was more shit. Yeah, and that was fun three years ago before we'd seen how much fun winning could be. Okay.
1: But now this is just a shit idea for a podcast. <laughs> it really is. It's fucking torture.
0: Um, uh,
1: so did you see the Adelaide,
0: Adelaide-Richmond game? Yeah, I did see a bit of that game. Oh, I saw most of that game actually. That was, I um, see that was quite a nice, pleasant start to the weekend. Yeah, I was really quite enjoying that. You yeah. know, Richmond, bit of a premiership hangover. Yeah, you know, Texas suddenly, back
1: making a statement.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, lo- I was loving that Adelaide big victory. You know, Dimmer getting antsy with the crowd. You know, yeah. someone in the crowd saying to Dimmer that um, not as much fun now. You're not at the MCG. And yeah, well, Dimmer that, hearing, I fucked you wife, and going to punch him.
1: I know, them's fighting words.
0: <laughs> I would have thought the Dimmer probably just went back to go, yep, no, it's definitely not as fun as the MCG. <laughs> Glad they play the grand final at the MCG.
1: We did have an American uh, listener email in, or uh, messages on Facebook last week because uh, they questioned the use of take a spray when we talked about Jordan Lewis telling the umpire he should learn how to take a fucking spray. And he said, American here, could you please translate what that means to me? So we should just explain that when you take a spray, when someone gives you a spray, it's usually a torrent of abuse. So Jordan Lewis was saying to this umpire, hey, I'm annoyed you've paid a penalty. You should be able to take my frustration.
0: Yeah, that would have been great if he'd said it like that though.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine if they went down to the
0: mic and that's what they heard Jordan Lewis saying? Well, I feel aggrieved by the decision that has been made in this game, a good referee. And I believe that it is your responsibility upon making that bad decision to sit back and listen to my eloquent summation of the mistakes that you have made. (laughs) So Tex Walker, right? Have we talked about this before? What's his actual first name? Uh, His first name is... Oh... Yeah, um, it's a Tex bit of a it's, a
1: it's a bit of a Mandela effect thing because I was like, yeah, Tex Walker's called uh, yeah. uh what is Tex Walker's uh,
0: name? Something Tex Walker. Taylor. Taylor, Walker. of course, Taylor Walker. How do we how do we forget that? God, oh, we're bad at football. No, I mean, again, like, why do we do this? We only did it do this podcast for fun. It clearly has no actual information for anybody who follows the game. What is the fucking? There is no point of this. No one would miss this podcast if we
1: just stopped doing the podcast, Charlie. Uh I think there's people who I think there's people who like to make fun of us would miss it. (laughs) There's people who Yeah, but
0: should we be providing them with that information? I feel like they should at least have to go out
1: of their way to make fun of us. We're serving it up to the moment platter. It is a strange fetish. It is like if you're the kind of guy who gets turned on for humiliation like, you know, being dominated or something. (laughs) like that that's kind of what we're doing with the football podcast it's like how pathetic are we tell us we're pathetic <laughs> god <laughs> i mean how desperate Two for... subs one cup <laughs> we're either desperate for attention or we have got some strange sexual humiliation fetish Ah, uh, it's, um, not,
0: it's not giving me any joy
1: uh, i was just gonna say um uh a lot of people messaged us during the week saying they were now taking particular note of headbands. One oh, game yeah. in particular stood out as being like a real headband fest uh, was Geelong Hawthorne. Did you notice how many Geelong players had headbands? I have noticed it's a bit bit of a big thing, the Geelong, because I was always like, if I was going to
0: guess which uh, team had the most headbands, yeah. I would have definitely gone with GWS. Right. But I
1: reckon Geelong's got to be right up there. I, I counted Guthrie... Stuart Stanley, which was insane because Stanley doesn't even have long hair. I think he just wants to be part of the headband club. And there's another. Yeah, list. that That's... does seem a little. Uh, that doesn't
0: seem a little. Stanley seems a little like when if you rocked up to trading in a headband, everybody'd be like, "Yeah, well, what's going headband, on, mate?" Yeah, well, Why maybe
1: you... maybe has got... Maybe it's like you know when you're in a bike again, you're a pledge. So he's not. He's not fully patched up. <laughs> he's just <Right>. got this <laughs> <a> small headband. <laughs> Like you can tell Guthrie's the leader because he's got the big sort of multicolored one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but we were, we were sent some links. Apparently those headbands are quite common, easy to buy online. There's actual sportswear stores that, uh, that supply those headbands. So we were hoping for another mystery, but uh, uh, it's been debunked within a week. <laughs>
0: Again, though, is that personal? I assume you have to provide one of those yourself. I mean, I think if you're a headbanded player, the club's not going to provide you a, no. a
1: club headband, right? No, because it's, it's, your, it's your choice of how you wear your hair. Yeah. Otherwise, Gary Ablett can ask for like, some head polish or something. Well, I mean, I bet Gary, Gary Ablett can probably ask for some head polish. If he,
0: that's what we've descended to, by the way, just giggling over the term head polish. <laughs> that's all we have for you in this podcast from now on. Is just juvenile tittering over the term head polish. That'll be the highlight, by the way, of this uh, podcast. I reckon Gary could do what he likes. I mean, the Holy Trinity. I mean, it was amazing to watch uh, the three of those guys, yeah, especially in the center, last quarter. Good on, Good on Chris Scott too. Yeah, like you know, it does. He did have that sense of drama and theatre, you know, and send well, the ball what, in. What which he I said
1: loved. on uh, three hundred and sixty is that you know, uh, it's like, well, you want to play them together because uh, they may not be around here for too much longer. And it was like he was doing an ad for like you know, uh, like a an elephant sanctuary or something like that. It's like, <laughs> you know, elephants are our friends. See them while they're still here because they may not be around forever. It's like, all right, enough of the bloody. Dramatic overtones, we get it. <laughs> um, seeing the three of them
0: together is amazing, but the problem is that they still need somebody to kick it to and to, you know,
1: and I mean, big, look, and it was an amazing game. a big game. defender. Yeah, absolutely. Did you notice, though, Tom Hawkins did go a bit nuts in the last quarter flying for everything? Did you, like, he, he didn't pull anything down, but he was definitely much more of a threat in that last quarter. And it was like, what have you been doing all day, Tommy? Why aren't you doing those big leaps over the back of the pack in the first and second quarter? I would
0: have assumed that they wouldn't care if he's not kicking a lot of goals as long as he is flying for those marks all the time. Because the more Mm. he does that, the more you're going to create an opportunity for Menzel and, you know, whichever of Ablett and Dangerfield and those sort of guys who are around down there. So, yeah, I reckon, like, I don't know if that's, like, I imagine for Geelong, if you're Geelong, Mm. you'd just be happy to see Hawkins fly at them all. But the first three quarters, you would have been like, why aren't you at least crashing some packs and bringing the ball to the ground?
1: Yeah, like he's a massive unit. You just do what you this is what Cosie's latter half of his, of his career was was like, Look, Coz, <laughs> yeah. we're aware, yeah. you know, we're aware that you don't have great awareness. So just throw yourself into that pack. If you can just knock down as many bodies as you can, even if it's Nick Revolt, <laughs> we're willing to take that chance.
0: Yeah, basically, look, we've had a bit of a powwow in the offseason. We've looked at your champion data stats, and what we'd like you to do. Is not try to actually market anymore. If you could just unco your way into packs, that'd be really <laughs> handy for our game plan. Yeah, I'd love that if that was a
1: champion data stat, uncos.
0: Yeah, basically what we've done is we've given you a great compile of uh, things for you to go home and watch. Oh, is this my tape from the weekend's game? Oh, no, no, no. This is a lot of Kramer's entries (laughs) on Seinfeld. Uh, If you could just replicate this, if you could kind of burst through the door and then just let the energy take you into mayhem, that's what we're really looking for.
1: There was a bit of play in the Saints-North game that was so bizarre in how funny it was. It was in the third quarter, I think, Seb Ross fell on his ass while holding the ball. So he's lying flat on his back with a ball in his hands. So he handballs it to the nearest player because he's under the pump. The player gets the ball, can't find an option. So handballs back to the guy who's lying flat on his back who just got rid of the ball. Like I remember seeing that and I almost threw my iPad across the room. It's like, are you, are you serious? He could not be any more immobile. Do, did you, were you going to wait for him to have like a pillow under his head and a blanket before he didn't handball him? He's on his fucking back. What do you expect him to do? It was insane. Sorry, we won't keep going uh, on about
0: it. Well, I mean, we can't keep going on about it. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I, the Bulldogs thing, I, like, you know, immediately I wanted to tweet, the thing that I wanted to tweet when I saw the score was, Ah, it's okay. I mean, you know, obviously they always, you know, it's hard to beat them in Perth, but at least we'll get them next time we play them in Victoria. And then I realised that people wouldn't understand that I was joking. I would just get a whole string of messages from people going, yeah, they were playing in Victoria. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that was the point of the tweet that I never sent and because I knew that I couldn't spend (laughs) my afternoon arguing with
1: morons (laughs) about the
0: fact that I just wanted
1: to be bitter about how terrible my team was at football. I mean, in your defence... The Eagles are actually looking pretty good. I mean, that's another thing too, is, you know, Geelong get Kelly, they get this Ryan kid. It's like, where, where's our little jack-in-the-pack mature-age draft steal? Like, so everyone else gets one. <laughs> I mean, it, like, the thing about St Kilda is, that
0: it. like, I, I think it's a really heroic... If you were winning... The fact that Paddy McCartan's doing like a halftime interview about how he handles his diabetes and, you know, I think that's a really heroic story. He's talking about the idea that it's hard for him to keep off his weight because, you know, he constantly has to sort of eat at different times to deal with the diabetes and he gets nervous before games and that puts his insulin levels up and you're like, this is like a really heroic story. It's a you know, Good Friday appeal, Children's Hospital. This is a brilliant story. But when and Kilda are going so badly. You can't help but watch that and go, And your fucking number one draft choice has diabetes. (laughs) He has like a thing that he has to wear all the time. He doesn't have to deal with, like not only he's playing one of the hardest games in the world where you can be injured at all time, but also he has type one diabetes.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Chalker looks good. (laughs) How's Tom Lynch? What do you think he's doing? Pumping up, pumping up his asking price, or do you reckon he's likely to stay? Well, I mean,
0: it depends on... Look, I mean, here's the one, one thing that you can say. <laughs> if you're a Gold Coast supporter, you're a lot happier than you thought you'd be at this time of the year. Um, we, we joked a little bit about this last week, about the idea that, you know, this trip might be their sort of fast package to having an yeah. AFL history. Yeah. But the more I think about it and the more I look at it, it really looks like that might be the case this early p- period might be the making of them. They've got the two Western Australian teams in Western Australia the next two weeks. Mm. They're staying in Western Australia in between, which is going to be a real shock to them when they find out how much a coffee is. <laughs> and uh, they, that's a real bonding opportunity for those guys. And yeah, if, they win a- one, if they win one of those two games in Western Australia, suddenly Gold Coast have won three of their first four on the road and they've got a whole bunch of home games on the way home. I think it's a, you've got to be excited about that.
1: Well, that actually leads into a, a letter that we've got from a, a listener in the US. This is from Mike Humphreys. Uh, he's like, Gents, I'm an American who started watching AFL in August 2016. I'm 41, so I remember ESPN showing AFL growing up, but it was just a bunch of guys with mullets punching each other, and the scoring was incomprehensible.
0: Oh, the good old days. <laughs> the good old days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gary Ayres, Dipper Domenico.
0: Ah, now it's just a whole bunch of guys with headbands and man buttons flicking it to each other.
1: <laughs> I found a video on YouTube explaining the rules and I thought I needed to expand my sporting horizons and give AFL another shot. You know what? Good on you, Mike. Like, you just have to expand your sporting horizons. Like, I haven't. I've been very myopic in my, in, in my footy interest. You know, I occasionally delve into the Olympics when it's on or I used to be into cricket and stuff, watch a bit of basketball, but... I've never really think to go to another country to follow a, pick up a code that I'd never seen before and just start following it.
0: Oh, well, I'm thinking a little bit about that now and what we might do for the rest of the season. Maybe that'll be the idea for our podcast. Maybe we'll find some sport that neither of us have been interested in and then we can actually do a podcast about that for the season. Curling. I quite like curling at the Winter Olympics. Maybe this could be a curling podcast. Two guys, one broom.
1: I'd hate to see what James Fosdike would do with the artwork for that. <laughs> the first game I watched on the AFL app uh, was the Bulldogs versus GWS in the prelim. This is a semi-final to you, American listeners. Thank you, Mike, for making this culturally relevant to our American listeners. He watched the Bulldogs versus GWS prelim in 2016. Totally hooked, of course. Like He starts with probably one of the greatest finals of all time. I've been a Watch AFL subscriber since then, and usually I take in two to three games a weekend. What I need help with is picking a team. I have narrowed it down to three choices. Sorry, Charlie, one is not St. Kilda. Fuck, hey, buddy. <laughs> Don't have to apologize to me. I, fucking, I wish I was you. I wish I was an American picking my team for the first time at 42. Ugh. Yeah,
0: you're essentially a heroin addict who's lost everything. And you're finally at the point where you don't want to get other people involved in heroin. Yeah. You're now at the point where you're just like, mate, this right. is no good for no you. No
1: good. It'll destroy everything. Here are my uh, picks in no particular order. Number one, the Gold Coast Suns. Mm-hmm. The long, long histories of AFL clubs made me feel a bit like a bandwagon. I, jumping, I was jumping on a bandwagon if I picked an established team. Yeah, Mike Hal. Imagine doing something like that.
0: Yeah, imagine being an American who's coming on a podcast like this and choosing Hawthorne. I mean, come on. That's like me just coming in, like starting listening to music now and choosing like the Foo Fighters. (laughs) Yeah, they're always going to put on a good show. They're maybe not going to be the best one in it, but you know that if you go and see them, you're going to get your money's worth.
1: I originally looked at the expansion clubs, and thanks in part to your podcast, had no interest in the GWS bandwagon. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another bandwagon. <laughs> Another bunch of pretty boys put together. Team USA. I bought a Suns shirt and watched most of their games last season. They really weren't good at at it. <laughs> Hang on. No, they really no. weren't good. Sorry. That was a mis. They that really was a, I misread that, but it was perfectly appropriate. They, weren't, they really weren't good, and it seems like you guys think they may fold? Question mark. Don't listen to us. We fucking know nothing about football. Plus, I would
0: say hope. <laughs> hope in the past, and mostly I mean the actual Gold Coast itself. Yeah, we have talking- nothing particularly against the team, the Gold Coast Suns, but the yeah. Gold Coast itself, as I've stated very many times on this podcast, yeah. should be bulldozed into the ocean.
1: <laughs> Is it possible for an entire city to fold? Let's hope so. Plus, the nature of Aussie sports is different to sports here. Players in Australia seem to have all the power and Queensland doesn't produce many AFLers. Jumping in at ground level is appealing as Gold Coast is a cool city name. All right. (laughs) I mean, I haven't really ever thought about it like that because Gold Coast in Australia has always been synonymous with, you know, like sleaze. So I don't yeah, know. but you that, know what the
0: thing about the Gold Coast being a cool name is what? like it's a classic example of the new kid at school who's come with his own cool nickname. Yeah, yeah. They came up with that name. It's not a, like it's not a cool name in retrospect. They called it the Gold Coast because they want it to be a cool name.
1: Sorry, I'm just reading this last this previous sentence again. A bit confused. The nature of sp- Aussie sports is different than sports here. Players in Australia seem to have all the power, and Queensland doesn't produce many AFLers. Yep. What does that mean? That's true. Players well, it true. means that
0: in Australia, players have predominantly the power, and uh, that Queensland,
1: the state, doesn't produce a lot of AFL players. Right, 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 okay. So yeah, you'd be definitely getting in. You'd be getting in with the underdogs in a way. His option two is the Western Bulldogs. Their 2016 story in your podcast is originally what got me hooked. Their colours are red, white, and blue, just like the USA. <laughs> I found myself. Watching most of the games last year, at first it and thought, much like the USA, Charlie, uh, it was quite good two years ago, <laughs> but has gone downhill rapidly since. <laughs> at first, it felt wrong to jump on the bandwagon, since the true fans have waited sixty plus years for a title, but maybe it was meant to be. Last option: the West Coast Eagles. No. Um, I live on the West (laughs) West Coast of the USA, but I grew up right outside Washington, D.C. My family is still on the East Coast, and as a result, I am all by myself out West, so I feel like I can relate to the Eagles. Your podcast made me a big fan of Josh Kennedy, because he seems like a good guy. I agree. Plus, they are the Eagles, which is our national mascot, and what our rugby team is called. I tended to watch a lot of their games, too, as well as the Perth Scorchers BBL games. I'm still really enjoying AFL, and it feels like I've lucked into the most entertaining span in league history. Love you guys, podcasts and listen every week. Any advice would be great. Keep up the good work. So, what would you advise? Okay.
0: Well, firstly, my advice would be don't follow the Bulldogs. The best bits already happened. Really, you're jumping on the franchise way too late. This is not a good time to get on board. It's just a lot of pain ahead. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're, the, you're the guy I... who
1: bought, bought like a Razor scooter in 2001 and brought it to the office. <laughs> Everyone's like, dude. I'm the guy who bought a Razor scooter f- factory.
0: Yeah. You know, there was that old ad about the guy who liked the Razor so much he bought the factory. Yeah. I like the Razor scooter so much I bought a Razor <laughs> scooter factory and now I have more Razor scooters than I will ever need. <laughs> um, I would say I like his idea. I think, I think not getting on board with one of the clubs that has, you know, a hundred years of history is a good idea because you're mm. getting on board the game as a new person. I think you pick a club that's also relatively new. Now you've got two degrees of that with obviously West Coast have obviously got to be a history already. They've been around long enough that they've won some premierships and got some brown lows and had some good and bad times. So I can Well they had some good times in, all right. Well they had some good times. And yeah, it'd be great if his letter had been like, I like breaking the law and recreational drugs and I'd be like, <laughs> well again, yeah. we've narrowed it down to Gold Coast and West Coast. <laughs> um i like i like his argument about west coast it makes a lot of sense to me right Mm -hmm. he's on the west coast the american eagle all that sort of reasoning makes a lot of sense to me jjk good reason to jump on board a team but as we mentioned last week a lot of personalities in the west current west coast eagles team who are easy to like quite an entertaining team good brand of football i think adam simpson's doing a really good job um I did get a message, I noticed that we got a message on our Facebook from a West Coast Eagles fan who after the Bulldogs game was like, I guess this means you won't be giving it to West Coast Eagles fans this week and then posted the score. Well, I would just like to say on the record, that's what is typical of West Coast Eagles fans and why nobody likes you. (laughs) So (laughs) um, I would suggest to our dear listener, I like the idea of jumping on board the Gold Coast. I feel like, His interest in AFL and their history have kind of coincided with each other. I like the idea that he's getting on board at a good time. Like, Mm. no one could accuse you of jumping on the front runners at this point. Like, Gold Mm. Coast will be a bit... It's like a modern-day underdog story. If Gold Coast managed to build, like, a finals team or a premiership team out of what's happened already, they've already... Fast forward a bit of the tragic history, you know, GWS haven't got any tragic history yet. Gold Coast, remarkably, in the short time they've been in the competition, have managed to compile quite a great lot of changing coaches and having stars suspended for drugs and, you know, having the best player in the competition, but him not wanting to play there and then him leaving to go back. Like there's a lot of, you know, dark times to overcome. I feel like this is a good era for Gold Coast. I feel like the Stuart Dew era is a good... You'll enjoy being a fan of the Gold Coast getting on board. I would say Gold Coast. I, well, well, I think... I never go there to see a home game. But other than that...
1: Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends. Like, if you're just... If you've got nothing to lose, and you go to the Gold Coast. Because if, if you if they don't mind if, if this gamble doesn't pay off and you can just go back to your NBA or whatever, then it doesn't really matter. But if it does pay off, you've got this obscure little trivia fact that you jumped onto this tiny little football club, expansion club that could. I also think the fact that you were already committed and bought a t-shirt for that team suggests that that's where you should go. Like West Coast, I agree, don't get on the Bulldogs. It was just a lifetime of heartache. <laughs> West Coast already are kind of an established team, although they've only been around for about, what, 30 years or so. You know, they have a long, rich history of being like the most powerful club in the West and, you know, their supporters are kind of assholes.
0: And the other thing about West Coast is that their supporters are predominantly from Western Australia, whereas your Gold Coast supporters could be from fucking anywhere. I, think, I feel like the Gold Coast is much more an international city in that regard. It's a tourist destination. Like being an American at a Gold Coast game
1: is not unusual as like being like, you know, at a West Coast game. Mm, I take that back. I don't think all West Coast supporters are assholes, just that one who sent you that message. <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: I have no experience of meeting any good ones, but I imagine they are out there. Um,
1: no, I've, I've, had, I've, 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 had, I've had experiences at Subiaco, where I've watched games with West Coast supporters and they were very kind to me when their team was humiliating mine. They were very, they were very kind. I've had worse experiences in Adelaide.
0: Yeah, look, you know what? I, like, I, <laughs> I, I joke a little with the West Coast fans. They are I think we should keep, like... them on
1: the, keep them on their toes though. Like, I think we should slap them one week and be kind of the next and just keep them guessing. Well,
0: here's what I would say is at the moment, I'm more in love with their team than I am their fans. <laughs> in the past, I, I loathed them both equally. <laughs> <So> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: oh that's a good way of putting it
0: yeah there's something about this west coast this modern day west coast again this is the thing about like doing this podcast which i'm perhaps i don't even this is another thing perhaps i don't like about this podcast is that because we watch a bit more footy of other teams that you know you wouldn't necessarily go out of your way to watch previously um sometimes their charms grow on you a little Mm. and suddenly you're like oh I used to hate this guy. You know what it's it's like? It's like sometimes I think, you know, like Game of Thrones or one of those shows where someone starts as a villain, but then after a while you realise they're kind of your favourite character. West Coast have been doing that a little bit to me over the last couple of years. And I think once we beat them... You know the other thing as well? I think a lot of my hatred of West Coast came from the fact that the Bulldogs and West Coast used to have quite a sort of bitter rivalry and West Coast were always more successful. Mm. And we beat them in that final and it kind of... It made all that cool. Everything was fine, and now we're cool? able to go forward. We're cool. Yeah, we're cool now. Yeah, and now I can kind of
1: open my heart to you know to to West Coast. And yeah, I, as a team, I think when you, it's like Essendon's rebirth. You know, like I think you are willing to take these guys back if it feels like they have extracted most of the dickheads, and I feel like West Coast right. don't really have any dickheads at the moment. No, it, oh, hang on, they haven't. Uh, Instituted a no dickheads policy. <laughs> oh shit! At
0: West Coast have not told us. I mean, Charlie, you know, if a club com- comes up with a no dickheads policy, they have to make it very clear that they are now operating under a no dickheads policy. But I reckon, I reckon West Coast have sneakily brought in a no dickheads policy and well, not told
1: us about it's it. It's interesting because when West Coast were at peak dickhead, John Wurstfogg was the coach. Wersfeld mm. goes to Essendon. They draft Jake Stringer. Maybe his is True. A, a pro dickheads policy. <laughs>
0: Only dickheads. That's that's his success. He's like, I'm doing the reverse of the no dickheads. All All dickheads. dickheads. All dickheads policy. As soon as we can get rid of Dyson Heppel and Joe Danaher, this team's going to be okay. But
1: (laughs) we. I'd love. Um, I'd love to see them doing that testing at the draft camp. (laughs) It's just like, how much of a dickhead are you? James Sicily would have tested off the charts. Oh, sorry, mate. I'm just going to get up for a sec. Okay. I'll be back. I'll take a break too. We we did start off talking about Tom Lynch. We didn't get further than what's he doing, but uh, it would kill me if he ends up at Collingwood next year. Or Richmond. Nah. I mean, fucking, who's coming to us now? (laughs) Like... It's a fucking garage sale down
0: at Moorabbin now. I mean, it's a fair point. Look, here's the thing. It just I guess it depends for Tom Lynch how much he wants to play football in Victoria. He's not going to get any more money in Victoria than he is for the Gold Coast because what they can do on the Gold Coast is top it up with his sort of, you know, ambassador, ambassador. money. Mm. So he's never actually going to get, like, you know, sometimes you'd be like, well, one of these big clubs is just going to get out their war chest and pay him something the Gold Coast can't pay him. But the Gold Coast can't afford to lose it. So he'll get paid whatever he wants to stay on the Gold Coast. So I think it has entirely to do with how well they go this season. If they push for or make the finals this season, I think he stays at the Gold Coast.
1: But don't you think there's also part of him that would want to be like a big occasion player? Like even when Collingwood is shit, they still draw 80,000 to the MCG for a match against Carlton or Richmond.
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but like, And that'd be part of the reason that Ablett went back. I mean, you know, the joy of running out on Monday, Mm. you know, in front of 75,000 people, like, and that's just a, what, round two match between two teams that may or may not make the finals. And, you know, you're getting 75,000 to a game. So, of course, there's got to be a little bit of that, but he's captain of the club Mm. and he's this spearhead and he's grown up with it. If they could have some success with him leading it, I think that would be equal to that. And you still, if you have success and you play finals, you still start, suddenly if the Gold Coast are a good team, that they start playing Collingwood and Carlton and, you know, Essendon and Richmond and these sort of teams at the MCG rather than Eddie had, and then suddenly you are playing in front of big crowds. Yeah, I guess.
1: I mean, I think it would be nice. I, I For some reason, I'd written... Well, not for some reason. For obvious reasons, I'd written Gold Coast off. But seeing them play well has me curious. In the same way I'm curious to see GWS play, because it's just so many top-end talent. I'm curious to sort of see how far... They can go. I would like, I think it would be a shame if they have a good year this year and they lose Tom Lynch because I'm like, oh, well, they just got the engine started on this car. Like, maybe getting rid of Ablett was the fucking key to it for some reason. Like, maybe there was just something structurally that wasn't working with the greatest player of all time in your team. They get rid of him, and suddenly all these other kids can suddenly fill that void. But it would be a shame. I think, there's
0: absolutely, I think there's a lot to be said about that. I think that's exactly what has happened. I think the Ablett thing is going to be one of those things that is good for Geelong and good for Gold Coast. Mm. And I think it's happened at the right time. You know, new coach, you know, coach who can come in and sort of say, we all do it the same way rather than the Ablett way, which was we have the greatest player in you know in, in the last 20 years, so he gets to do it however he wants to do it. You suddenly have this club that you're taking on the road for 11 weeks because of the Commonwealth Games. Like... I think it's a perfect scenario for him to bond with those other players. If they have Mm. a couple more... If they win one... Okay, I'm going to go out on a fucking limb. Here we go. If they win one of these uh, Western Australian matches, then Tom Lynch is more likely to stay than he is to go. And if they win them both, he'll sign mid-season. No one signs mid-season, do they? He'll sign mid-season. If they win both Perth games, Tom Lynch signs mid-season. And that's my...
1: Lock of the next fortnight. <laughs> and what about Carlton? I think if it wasn't for the Saints' horrific performance the night before, I think Carlton might have gotten a bit more scrutiny, but they um, look shit again. Yeah, they did look shit again. Um, but I think-, I think you hit the nail on the head last week when you said they've got some dead wood that they need to clear out. Some casbolt some trees need clearing from the backyard. <laughs> Well, that's their problem. But they've, they've also got to get to the point where you
0: can't clear them out before you have the people to put in there. Yeah, And they're, you know, you've got to remember they lost Gibbs, yeah, which gives them an opportunity to sort of play some of those younger kids. Those younger kids aren't going to be great every single week. And, mm. you know, they're having some trouble with weedering and a few of the others as well. I think they're transitioning as well. I think that's the thing about Carlton is they're going, they're going I ca- from, I ca- from a team who were like a defensive team to yeah. a team that's trying to bring attacking into the game. And sometimes when you go into attacking mode, you can get turned over pretty hard the other way, I think.
1: I'm really looking forward to when the Saints play Carlton so Wiedering can line up in McCartan and just disappoint everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We've called it a nil-all draw. And what we mean by that is
0: neither of them got a possession. <laughs> uh, the entire round really <laughs> We don't some... know real, what really what happened, but Wiedering now has diabetes.
1: <laughs> Don't know uh, if, what happened during the round, but there actually quite a few upsets. I sort of feel like similar year to last year where like anyone can win on any day. But the difference is my heart's not in it anymore. Like I said, even if we beat Adelaide next week or we, you know, win a couple of these games, I don't know, Will. I feel like I'm broken inside. I didn't feel like that about any of these other losses. Like the Frio game where they beat Essendon. I didn't look at Essendon and go, oh, that was, you know... That was an upset. That's shattered their season. It's like, oh, well, you know, that's on the road and there's a road bump there. Do you worry about it? Well, SMB? this is the
0: difference. Between, I think this is the difference between being like a Saints fan and a Bulldogs fan versus being like a Hawthorne fan or, a, um, you know, being a, like Sydney Swans fan. Like, you know, when Sydney lost six of their first games last year, the, as a Sydney fan, you would have just each week been going, no, oh, they'll get it right this week. They'll be right. They'll get it right this week. No one from Sydney's microwaving their fucking membership zero and six. You know, they're just like, no, no, this will be handy when we play finals later in the fucking year. Like, that's the sort of thing you are if you're a Sydney or a Hawthorne or a Geelong fan, right? You expect a level of excellence and you'll overlook some failure. But for us, you just get reset to ground zero. You're just like, Mm. nah, we're shit. Like, you know, the good thing about the AFL is any team can win on any day except for the Bulldogs or the Saints. (laughs)
1: So what about Essendon though? Like, do you do you feel like it's just because they're still a young team, or do you feel like they, 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 they there's something else going? Why can't they win on the road?
0: <sighs> I mean, it's hard to win on the road unless you're West Coast that ever had against the Bulldogs.
1: <laughs> Or against Frio though. like it's, it's it's kind of funny. I keep wanting to... I was last year when Frio won like four games or whatever it was for the season. I was so bullish on them. I tipped them most weeks. And I think it's because I still remember the kind of coach Ross Lyon is. And like Ross Lyon is the kind of dude who will grind a game out and get a win even if it's like, you know, turns into the, the worst football ever. And shouldn't be surprised that they get wins like this. Like the ones that, you know... They're up against a sort of like a fancier team like Essendon. I'm not surprised that they took that win. And also, Hayden Ballantyne. Have we talked enough about how Hayden Ballantyne is the poor man Stephen Milne?
0: I mean, I don't think we have, and we may as well, because if it takes us off the Saints... Well, it doesn't quite take us off the Saints, but it takes us to a different era of the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I like. Okay, well, first thing I'm going to say is the Fremantle game was the only one I tipped the absolute correct margin. I tipped this exactly to... I thought Freo would win by this amount, and I say that because we forgot to tip Freo versus Essendon last week, (laughs) so I'm just going to retrospectively pretend that I knew something about football. Um, Fife... The thing about Fife is that you know he's good enough player that if he starts to play back to the level that he can play at, he can lift that whole team around him and he's you can just feel it. He's not quite there it's yet. but coming. But you can, you can certainly feel that he starts to be, he feels like he's warming back up into it. And then you start to realise that they have a bunch of these other players, like a Ballantyne, who you Cabernet. just kind of, you, you kind of forget about them until Frio are interesting again. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it, it it's hard to sort of place them because you know at home they're always going to be like a chance to beat anybody. But they look good. I mean, they're actually kind of – I think maybe you're right. I think it's maybe having Fife actually starting to get some movement over the ground again. But Tadna was really good. I mean, you know, the other
0: thing is, Charlie, we've talked about this quite a lot on this podcast before, the power of the stadium opening. Yeah. Right? And this is what our clubs, the Minnows – are missing out on. We're just not opening any fucking stadiums. Yeah, that's what you get. I mean...
1: It's good for a few wins, isn't it?
0: Exactly. You know, that's what... The Saints have made the wrong move to move back into Moorabbin. They should have been lobbying Geelong style for a full-size stadium at Seaford. (laughs) They should have been like a 35,000-seater at Seaford and they they never would have got fucking beaten when people made the long journey down to Seaford.
1: Brisbane put in another uh, brave performance against Melbourne... I'd so want to not like Melbourne, but it's great seeing Jesse Hogan strutting about, going in the middle for stints, isn't it? Like, they're a good-looking team.
0: Uh, Well, this is the great thing, though. If Melbourne are going to truly have a proper Richmondy season. Yeah. It's no good them losing to Brisbane in round two. Mm. They've already had that initial kind of wobble. Now mm. you need them to, to consolidate for a little while, start to look good again, get everybody really bullish about, you know, the idea of the demons again. Mm. You know, you want to get to the point, you know, when, trad- when tradies are buying Bitcoin, you mm. know, that Bitcoin's a bubble. I want that with Melbourne. Yeah. I want to get to the point where like, you know, people are talking about Petrarca for the Brownlow and that Melbourne might finish like, you know, top four and maybe even top two. That's when the, the wobble really starts to get up.
1: You're really, I, right. I mean, I know we've talked about it, but you're really invested in this for for Melbourne, aren't you?
0: Oh, I really am. Yeah, I've got right on board. I (laughs) I feel like they're the natural successor to the throne, to be honest. You know, just everything's been coming together the last few years, you know, Mm. for Melbourne. I mean, just even little details, you know, like the guy, you know, took the cheese platter to the gang. Mm. You know, those sort of things are the sort of finer details of a true, you know, villain that you can barrack for, you know, their disappointment. That's, they've got a theatrical flourish, you know, you know, they're the bad guy, but... They're charismatic bad guy. You know, that's what I like to see. I don't like their new jumpers. The lighter blue, do you? Uh, I mean, I am indifferent to what other teams wear on the ground. That's what I will say. You know how some people get really upset about, yeah. like, and I'm going to go a step further. I prefer the Bulldogs away strip to the Bulldogs home strip. I like the white jumpers on the Bulldogs. I reckon they look really good.
1: Yeah, I think they're pretty good. I don't like the, the Richmond Grand Final jersey, the kind of high-vis outfit.
0: Oh, no, the bright yellow. No, no. no I don't understand no, how, they, like how they can
1: cheat that. I mean, they're not reversing the colours. They've completely changed one of the colours.
0: Uh, have they? Yeah. It's, it's yellow more on of black.
1: A, it's yellow, but that is like fluorescent yellow. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, if you I lined mean, up the, the stripe on their home with the yellow of that, I think it would be different colours. No i mean the great news
0: is there's perfect to take to the celebratory nightclub afterwards yeah i mean when you're wearing that jumper like and you're in the middle of a nightclub you know spraying a bottle of dom perry on over the dance floor celebrating your victory that thing is just going to bounce off the disco
1: lights you know yeah i uh, i don't have too much of an issue with the jumpers but that move back to the blue, it's very 80s. It's got kind of like a... It makes me think of trading footy trading cards in the 80s. I'm thinking of Greg Healy. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, it doesn't look good. And that's, again, but that's what I
0: like. You know, they're wearing something that looks like, you know this is my perfect Melbourne scenario in fact the only thing that's still got me engaged in this season is that I've, I've got on board the Gold Coast as being the gritty underdog of the season mm. and uh, and at this stage I'm getting on board Melbourne as being the new Richmond and I like, you I, know what yeah. and I'm toying with this idea that you know me and West Coast can be friends yeah. that's that's pretty much my three themes so far in this season
1: is that like that you're watching you know uh, you, you started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer but you got sick of the Buffy storyline but you really invested in the Xander storyline so you keep watching through the latest seasons
0: yeah yeah that's exactly yeah Yeah, Seth Green might be in this one he might talk about his
1: band Dingo Ate My Baby Uh, I'm I'm watching it for that (laughs) Yeah, ever since Angel left, and she 's with that new guy mark it 's gotten so boring i 'm going to concentrate more on willow and and Seth Green oh uh, yeah, you know what i 'm
0: really into at the moment i don 't like this Riley uh, storyline, but I that's really the... do like uh, I really do like Tara <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I like what 's going on there
1: See, uh, our commitment to the audience is we weren 't going to spoil Game of Thrones <laughs> this season we 're just going to make our TV analogies to Buffy. Um, Well, you know
0: what the other thing is about that though, uh, Charlie? The the Buffy thing is, just coincidentally last night, I watched an episode of Buffy. So I feel like I'm as equally prepared for our Buffy chat on this podcast as I am for our footy chat. Is that
1: how you so quickly pulled up Riley when I was struggling for the character's name? It is
0: exactly how I did, because right. it was an episode last night where there was a Riley storyline, but Angel had come back in a crossover episode, oh my God. and I was really enjoying seeing Angel
1: back. <laughs> wow. It was a perfect analogy. Uh, hey, Will, do you like horrific injuries? Uh, no. Oh, man. The Collingwood do GWS you? game. Two-in-one game. Fucking disgusting. Ugh. Are you a guy who can watch uh, those uh, replays? I can't.
0: No. Uh, look, I, I did watch it. Um what I've found is that my new job has probably meant that when if something's newsy, I, I I feel like I have to have at least seen it so I can sort of comment on what people are commenting on. But I get no joy out of like I didn't mind some of the bits of the Jackass movies, but um, <laughs> okay, <right. laughs> sorry, I think like, you say I didn't mind some bits of the Scully injury, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind some bits of his leg that was remaining bending. around the goalpost. Yeah, uh, Broomhead, that that leg break was horrific. And, you know, that thing is also, like, I mean, Scully, absolutely, you feel for Scully, but GWS, they've just got a million of those sort of guys. And Scully's had, you know, four or five really great seasons and, you know, he's going to be out for a while, but he'll be back. But Broomhead, he's one of those guys that if you're at Collingwood, A, the team needs to step up, but B, one of those players who's kind of been pushing his way to you know getting a chance to show that if – I heard Nathan Buckley talk about it during the week, and regardless of whether he's a good coach or not, who the fuck knows, but I like hearing him talk about football. Mm. It's really nice to hear Nathan Buckley talk about – and he talked about the idea that he's a young man who's like you know chosen this profession and he wants to know whether he's good at this profession and he finally gets his opportunity to showcase you know whether he can make it at that level and then something horrific like that happens it It sort of tears your heart out. i've got to be honest with you, I feel really sorry for the young man, and it's one of those injuries when you see it where you're just like i you, you wonder if he'll ever be able to come back from. It. I hope, I hope he will but it's they're hard man good.
1: broken legs are really hard to come back for matt mcguire was never the same after he broke his leg nathan brown like it's well, nathan
0: it's, brown i mean nathan brown as he likes to constantly tell people about but essentially he was you know leading the brown line <laughs> at the stage when he
1: broke his leg and yeah. essentially never played again yeah they're horrific horrific um But Collingwood's backs were almost to the wall. We kind of called it. We said that their backs were near the wall, but not quite close enough. If it had been up at spotless, I reckon Collingwood would have won that game.
0: This is one of those things where this was what we believe. If you're buying Collingwood as a brand, if you're not a supporter, if you don't have unrealistic expectations of what you expect from Collingwood, they have a terrible list. They certainly do not have enough good players. Um they i don't know if buckley's a good coach or not because he's never had enough good players i don't think at least in this modern era to show whether he's a good coach or not but the one thing that you can say about them is so often on this podcast we talk about the fact that they have tried very hard Mm. i think that they are a team that like the bulldogs all you read about their first two appearances of this year is that they look like they weren't trying now i'm sure they were trying of course they're trying but sometimes when you're so far out of it it can appear like you're not collingwood collingwood try you know they have a crack at it and the more desperate the circumstance the more reliable they are that they will have a valiant go they have the anzac spirit you know if you know much about the battle of gallipoli you'll know we didn't win in the end but we had a crack (laughs) and that's collingwood
1: (laughs) it's true i mean i guess that is due in part to the fact that if you have you know, on most weekends, at least 40,000 people screaming for you, then it's going to sort of, you know, St. Kilda can have a shocker on Good Friday because only about 30,000 people turned up and half of them were kangaroo supporters. Like, there's no witnesses. Whereas if you fuck up in Collingwood, in a town like Melbourne, it's going to be fucking everywhere. You've got to put in more effort.
0: Oh, do people have an interest in the Collingwood Football Club in Melbourne? (laughs) I was not aware of this fact. Uh, how did you feel about their pre-game music? Did you see Didn't this? Didn't see that, no. They, um, so, well, you know how Port Adelaide have Never, never Tear Us Apart? <laughs> yeah. Some other clubs I
1: participated have, in that sing-along myself when I was at Oval uh, yep. last year.
0: Uh, you know how uh, Sydney have tried to get on board? They do Sweet Caroline now at like uh, halftime yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, So, other clubs are trying to get their version of it. Um, so, Collingwood uh, chose. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you guess. Okay. Seeing that you don't know what it is. Okay. Um, so, so it's a big band okay. of the last 20 years. I will say that as a start, just as a starting okay. point. Do you want to have a guess at what So what uh, band it might have been? Uh, or do you want some clues?
1: Well, uh, give me some clues. So are they an Australian band? No. American band? Yes. Are they likely to be paid on Triple M? Uh, yes. Uh, was the lead singer formerly in Nirvana?
0: <laughs> no. Ah, oh, damn it. Uh, good, good guess, though. Right. And you know what? Would have been a better choice, like something like Generator or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah, get, yeah. get the get the crowd going, get Collingwood going. I feel like that would have been a good choice, but no, it was not the Foo Fighters. Who was it? Uh, someone heavier than the Foo Fighters. Metallica. Metallica. And yeah. what song did they choose?
1: I mean, Enter Sandman, which seems the most obvious one.
0: Right, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, that would fire the crowd up. Yeah.
0: Imagine playing Enter Sandman <laughs> at the start of the game. Dun, that would. Dun,
1: dun, 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 dun,
0: dun, dun, Can you imagine? Yeah. That yep. would intimidate the fuck out of people. And yep. all the Collingwood cheer squad bouncing up and down. Oh, it's, fucking, not, of then of it's, not,
1: it's not Nothing Else Matters. Nothing Else Matters, Charlie, is the cho- song Oh, chose. God. <laughs> because what I did in my head then was I was like, well, what would be the worst Metallica song you could pick? I can see what they're doing, though. They're going for a ballad. You can't sing into... Oh, yes, you can sing into... Sand. No, you can't really sing into Sandman as like a sing-along at the start of the game. But Nothing Else Matters has a bit more melody.
0: Yeah, it does. It also has a forty-minute fucking d- guitar d- song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Michael, can you just not bring- exactly an inspirational Michael, song? Can you bring up the lyrics to "Nothing Else Matters" by Metallica, please? I think this warrants some examination because I yeah, was. Th- I think so. I was thinking because there's that other song. Um, uh, what's the other one? One that they've got, which is about the uh, vet who wakes up in hospital with no arms <laughs> or legs. Darkness, imprisoning me, all that I see, absolute horror. I cannot live, I cannot die. to myself, I barrack for Collingwood. <laughs> well, that would have been better though, Charlie, yeah.
0: again. All right, so Michael's put the lyrics up. Do you want to run yeah. us through the lyrics of uh, Metallica's Nothing Else
1: Matters? So close, no matter how far, couldn't be much more. Well,
0: that's very, you know what, that, that's very Collingwood.
1: Yeah, because they're back you know, because so, always against wall, so to the wall. Back to the wall. Always That's
0: basically it. what they're saying. Yeah. We're so oh, close, the premiership's so
1: close, so far <laughs> for good old Collingwood. Uh, couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever That's trusting who we are, okay. nothing else matters.
0: Okay, so I would have said, if you've read that far into the song, yeah. that all is actually... Like, if you wrote those words down and used them as a kind of an inspiration for the group, this is what we're about, you know? We're going to keep it close no matter how far away it seems. We are close as a team. Uh, we're from the heart. You know, we're a club together. We trust each another. We're side by side and nothing else matters. We close it out. We're in a bubble.
1: I think that line, though, I agree. Like, 90%. I think couldn't be much more from the heart. It's a bit soppy for like, yeah, uh, you know, someone at the club. Don't you think? No, it's from the heart. It's from the supporters. You know what the heart is? The heart of the club
0: is? The supporters. That's them shouting out to the supporters. Collingwood, of course, famously the only club song that mentions the supporters in their actual club song. So obviously in their new song they choose, they also want to shout out to the heart of the club, the supporters. All right.
1: Never opened myself this way. (laughs) Okay, that's more like their game plan. (laughs) Life is ours. (laughs) We live it our way. Well, that sounds more okay. like the Rat Pack they had down there a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: All these words I don't just say and nothing else matters. Now, this okay. sounds like it's coming from Bucks, this next verse. Trust I seek and I find in you every day for us something new. Open a mind for a different view. Nothing else matters. I feel like he said this to Jesse White, maybe Travis Cloak quite a few times. It was more imploring them. This is the game yes. plan, guys. Lead to space. Just don't stand there and wrestle. Lead to space. We've got to open ourselves up in a way we've never opened
0: ourselves up before. And I mean <laughs> some space in the forward line.
1: <laughs> never cared for what they do. Never cared for what they know, but I know. And then the uh, last verse is just a repeat, re- repeat of the Well, first okay.
0: One. The lyrics themselves are kind of inspirational. But yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I I mean, I don't mind the message behind it, but it doesn't. It didn't quite work as an inspirational start for the game, apparently. And so the Bulldogs have one. Yeah, who let the dogs out by the Bart Hartman? Do they really? No, oh. but that's what we should have. <laughs> yeah, totally. Who let the dogs
1: no. out? And then everyone goes, "Who? Nah, no, I think you should get Snoop Doggy oh, Dogg.
0: Yeah. What's my name? What's my name?" <laughs> <laughs> Bontempelli. Bontempelli. <laughs> what's yeah. my name? I think this I is, feel like some of them celebrated the fucking grand final win a little too much, like Snoop Dogg.
1: That's the problem. I had a friend message me from the game, the Brisbane game, a couple of weeks ago and said that St Kilda was playing some annoying song after every goal. Like it was like a, a, a band called the Fratellis. Do you know them? Oh, the Fratellis. I've never heard of yeah, them. Yeah, okay. But there's a, there's, a song, there's a song that they play. After every goal. I don't like this move towards more NBA-style entertainment in the AFL. It's just it with the fireworks and the light shows and the bloody music and stuff. It's all right. The game's good enough. Uh, it says here the Fratellis are a Scottish bagpipe. No, well, hang
0: on. I... No, okay. The Fratellis. Fratallis. Oh, sorry. I've spelt it wrong, and I've actually just got a lot of information about a restaurant called yeah. Fratellis Fresh. Yeah, it's
1: delicious. pasta <laughs>
0: um the fratellis uh what's their big song uh rock band uh Scottish rock band from Glasgow uh and so not an Australian again it's weird that they would choose the fr- Fratellis. I'll see if I can find out what song it is yeah I'm gonna here are the names of some of their albums Costello music that's not very Saints here we stand not bad we need medicine yep <laughs> eyes wide
1: tongue tied in your own sweet time Uh, no it doesn't say which song it is just in this uh, blog that I'm reading his literal quote is if we shit out the same kind of performance and the fucking Fratellis are playing again late in the game after a token goal then we'll be hitting a new level of pathetic (laughs) oh Jesus Uh,
0: it feels like maybe he would enjoy this podcast Uh, yeah yeah
1: (laughs) Did you um, see uh, any of the Port Sydney game?
0: Uh, Port Adelaide are good. Yes. I'm, that's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, two takeouts out of this game for me. Uh, I reckon Port Adelaide are the real deal. They're, they're um, definitely finals bound if they keep this up. And I reckon that uh, Sydney are still not too bad and Buddy Franklin's really awesome and they'll be fine. But I just reckon Port are, I just feel like Port are good. Hungry I feel like... And again, they've just got that thing, Port Adelaide, where a few of their players didn't play well. It wasn't like they all had a cracking game. I think they've just got enough depth. Mm. Like Ollie Wines is like fantastic and they have the luxury now that they can play Boke on like a halfback flank or wherever he's playing now. And suddenly you're like, you know when a team's in a good spot when like that person who was the previous gun midfielder, like the Bulldogs had that even with Boyd. You know, Boyd had that all Australian season. When your guy who kind of carried your midfield, you're now in a position where you have those sort of young guns who've taken that position. But... They can go and Sean Burgoyne it, you know, around the halfback (laughs) flank for, you know, five years. That's when you're in a good spot. And I feel like Port Adelaide, that's what they feel like.
1: Yeah. And I also feel like after last year's start and then that game, the SCG isn't the fortress that it used to be. Even back to 2016, you guys beat them up there as well. Because you remember it used to be like you just wouldn't beat Sydney at the SCG. Now it's sort of a bit of a liability. Uh, do
0: Sydney lobby to move
1: back to ANZ. They
0: were pretty oh. unbeatable
1: at ANZ. I've always said I I like going to the SCJ. I think it is one of the best grounds to watch football at. So close to the action. You're literally on the field. But conversely, and so close to our houses. Yeah, so exactly. And conversely.
0: <laughs> and can, the
1: sushi is so fresh at those games. <laughs> ANZ Stadium, my God, there is... There is fewer stadiums that sap the energy and atmosphere out of a game of football, quite like ANZ.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, I think Sydney probably are due for it. Like, I mean, I know in Sydney they're talking about knocking down, you know, the Sydney Olympic stadiums and building new stadiums. I think Sydney's got to get back on the, you know, they've got to find themselves a fortress again. The SCG isn't the fortress it was. You've got a lobby for a new stand. You know, mm. they've got a lobby for the Adam Goods stand or something like that. And, you know, open a new stand, I reckon
1: Sydney. Yeah, I think though if you if you move Sydney from the SCG, it's like taking Chop Fest from Centennial Park and putting it out in the Western suburbs. Like the people who are into it are only into it so much.
0: Oh no, I'm I'm suggesting they build a stadium even closer to Bondo Beach.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. I'm <laughs> saying that they a floating. they
0: floating oh a floating stadium you actually yeah. have to play them off the beach at bondi they attach a rope from the icebergs over to north bondi and they yeah. have a floating field out there that'd be brilliant
1: i'd be amazing i definitely that with aflx next year definitely we'll trial that the floating stadium
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, at sea on bondi beach what on the sand no 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 in the water <laughs> we're combining the aflx with an episode of bondi rescue it's going to be great
1: All right, should we take a look ahead to uh, this week's games? Yes. Michael, can you bring them up for us? How much football are you going to try and watch this weekend?
0: Uh, Look, here's the great news, Charlie. I'm incredibly busy with the comedy festival, so I have other things that I can put my passions into. But let's have a look at who's playing. This is our little interest I have in, is I haven't looked ahead. Carlton Collingwood, Friday night at the MCG. Good game. You know, two teams that need this win desperately Two traditional rivals. Um, Hopefully, they'll get a big crowd. Um,
1: Hard one to pick, I reckon. I'm going to. I'm going to. Yeah, it is a hard one to pick. I feel like where there's an obvious underdog, I'm just going to pick underdogs this week because that seemed to work out last year, where you just pick the opposite of what should happen. Um, Carlton should win, I think. So I'm going to pick the pies. No, I think the Pies are going to win as well. I'm yeah. going to say Collingwood. Yeah. Now, now that we've both said it, Carlton will definitely win. <laughs> on Saturday, Port Adelaide take on the Brisbane Lions at Adelaide Oval. Now this is the kind of game. This is a great test for my bold statement. I'm going to tip the Brisbane Lions in this game, and that's my lock of the week. This is one of
0: those ones where you could see that happening, this is the sort of game that Port would traditionally drop, you know. You've had a couple of great wins, you've been on the road and then you go back to where you shouldn't shouldn't be losing against Brisbane, but Brisbane are a good enough team to kind of, if you're not 100% on your game, uh, but I'm going to say Port Adelaide, the Adelaide Oval.
1: The Demons take on North at the MCG. Uh, Well... I mean, I mean, this gives me great pleasure because I'm tipping opposites around. I'm going to tip North Melbourne in this game and I would love it if they won. I would love it. I would love it if they won as well. I'm going to pick Melbourne because you kind of have to, but I didn't think North,
0: like, North were fine like St Kilda were terrible so it's hard, it's hard to tell how North were and in mm. the first half North were also terrible that yeah. first half of football it was, the worst was one of the worst ever. halves of football I have seen in like my entire time following AFL
1: the, to the point where even the commentators were saying is there something wrong with the ball like did you see there's that footage of Jake Carlisle pressing the ball <laughs> because he's like yeah
0: the commentators were saying that and like BT was floating it as like a legitimate theory yeah. to the point where he, he, he kind of realised they used more than one ball <laughs> And there's constantly different balls in play. <laughs> and then he was kind of like, oh yeah, it's probably not something wrong with the ball. But in this heightened era of ball tampering, we have to be very careful about the ball. They were just terrible. They were both terrible. I like that Ben Brown kicked six, but it didn't... Jared Waite's flying, but you know, he'll... Like Jared Waite's played two good this games in a row. The so this of... week he's going to punch someone and you know, be rubbed out for eight weeks or like something. Well,
1: in, in, the, new, in the new Richmond, the disappointing narrative... Is it better that they lose this for the narrative or better that they win? Is it too early I mean, for them to have a calamitous loss? They, ha- they opened with a it, calamitous loss. They got wobbly last week. If they lose this one, it's not very good riding. I mean, I, I don't know. It'd
0: be a bit of fun. It'd be <laughs> a bit of early season fun to have a feeding frenzy on a team that wasn't the Bulldogs. And I think the Ds are ripe for it, but yeah. I'm going to say Melbourne win this one.
1: Okay. The Cats take on Frio. At, what's their stadium called now? Optus? No. What's it called? Uh, I don't know. Ozark Stadium. Stadium. (laughs) Yeah, whatever it's called.
0: (laughs) Um, uh, Hang
1: on, is it Gold Coast? That's Geelong. It's Gold Coast. It's Gold Coast. Oh, Gold Coast. Gold Coast
0: to take you on free at at the Optus
1: Stadium. (laughs) It's the worst fucking football podcast ever. We literally have the information in front of us. I couldn't even distinguish between Geelong and Gold Coast because there's a C in between the G and the F.
0: Well, you know what was confusing about it, though, I will say, is because this is a Gold Coast home game. So, Gold Coast are first on this thing, and then it that, that confused us a little bit. Yeah. But Gold Coast have sold this game That's to Frio. Right. So, this is actually technically a Gold Coast home game. So, uh, it's at the Frio. So, do they get the advantage then of having those, you know, 50,000 fans? Because it's their home game, Charlie. So.
1: <laughs> well, holy shit. You know what we have not... We have not stopped with this new season of football. We haven't stopped to pay our respects to the death of uh, Penis Stadium. There are were, were no penises anymore. Where do those, it's true. Where do those big docker
0: dicks go? I mean, I assume they're for sale somewhere, right? There'll be some sort of Russell Crowe style. You know, Russell's having his you know, auction about Divorce his stuff auction. that he needs to get rid of. So like, I assume at some stage there's going to be some sort of Fremantle garage sale and those <laughs> giant inflatable penises will be available for purchase and i say when that happens charlie we get a couple of them for our uh, live shows for the live podcast i would love to see our grand final podcast That'd with the amazing. junk time afl guys and in the background we have a couple of giant uh, frio inflatable penises
1: yeah we've got some whisperers in the west if you guys know anyone who can hook us up with a giant penis uh let us know <laughs> take that take that sentence out of context
0: Uh, I would love, just for my... Now that I'm all on board with the Gold Coast, I'm going to say this is where Gold Coast really start to... If they're going to win one of the two games in in Western Australia, then this is the more likely of them that they win. So I'm going to say they win this one.
1: Me too. I'm going to pick the Suns. Sydney take on GWS in the Battle of the Bridge. Uh, This is an interesting game, I reckon, because
0: obviously... You know, it's like the Geelong Hawthorne game. You can't really predict on where they are in the ladder. Mm. But a lot of the people who are predicting these might be the grand final teams anyway. So it's a good early season indicator. The Swans are pretty determined not to have a bad start to the season again. GWS have been good. Um, Good? This is a hard game to pick. I'm going to pick GWS. All right. We're seeing you think they're the underdog. I'm going to say Sydney then. I'll say Sydney.
1: Okay. But I, with no confidence, St Kilda takes on Adelaide at Etihad Stadium on Saturday night uh, afternoon. Uh, yeah, well, God, like I said, Adelaide got a lot of injuries. Even if we win this, though, I, I, I don't, I just feel like, it, I feel like my partner has cheated on me so badly. Chocolates and roses aren't going to make up for it this time. Like, I need proof. You know, I need proof that you're sorry, that you're really. You better crawl. From here to China, on your hands and knees, to prove to me that you are sorry, St. Kilda. you need to show me something pretty extraordinary. I mean, look, let's be honest. Who am I kidding? It'll take a couple wins, stringing together two or three wins in a row, and I'll be back. <laughs> but it all starts this weekend. I don't see it happening, but sure. St. Kilda underdogs. St.
0: Gilda, if St. Gilda beat Adelaide uh, on the weekend, I think the Fratelli should come out and play a
1: live fucking song <laughs> at the end. Um, I'm going to say Adelaide. <laughs> Tigers take on Hawks at the MCG in the match of the round. That
0: it's got to be a match of the round. It's a fantastic, what a great game. That's How many going people to be you reckon i Rich- will get to that? Oh, I mean, they've got to get 80,000 at right? least, right? Yeah.
1: It would be a um, good game. Richmond bouncing back, Hawks riding high. I don't know. I yeah. feel like Hawthorne just look, maybe the commentators talked me into it. The commentators are bloody touching themselves. They're so wrapped at seeing Hawthorne back. It's disgusting in a game just to hear them slavishly just praise them. Uh, never has a player
0: got a, like more compliments for a five possession game than fucking Ciro Rioli got on the weekend. Five like, possession career. I've never, I've never got that many good reviews in my life. Like they were,
1: they were frothing at the idea that he ran near the ball. Yeah, I mean, it was really. They kept saying this phrase: "They're so well organized. They're so well organized." And I'm like, "Is that just not the vertical stripes? <laughs> it just makes them look neater." Like the hoops on Geelong make them look a bit messy, but those neat yeah. vertical stripes it makes them look better organized. Straight up and down, you those know what I mean? Those
0: Geelong guys are all over the place, <laughs> but those Hawthorn guys seem so organized. <laughs> are you just being confused by the stripes? Possibly.
1: Uh, Isaac Smith, who we've talked about on this show, uh, someone I've described as the missing musketeer. He's you could see him as a musketeer with a big hat and like, you know, sword fighting and stuff. He's got that little goatee and stuff. I saw him do a press conference yesterday. And uh, fair to say, not short on confidence.
0: Does he, is he the one who's a DJ as well? Oh, no, maybe is that Ben Stratton. But, um, yeah. DJ Ben anyway, Stratton? It could be fucking any of them, to be honest. That's the thing about Hawthorne. Any of them could be a fucking DJ as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I just don't play footy. I also DJ. I'm the most organized DJ you'll ever see. <laughs> My records are in very
1: neat order. Uh, I will pick... Who are the underdogs? I guess Richmond are, so I'll pick the Tigers. Uh, I'm going to
0: say that uh, Richmond win that one as well. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think Hawthorne are good, but I th- Richmond were the premiers. I think I think Richmond will have a
1: lot to prove. Like I think I no, I'm definitely Richmond. Definitely Richmond. Okay, all right. Uh, Western Bulldogs take on the Bombers at Ediehead Stadium. Uh,
0: unfortunately, I have a show at the same time, so oh, uh, I won't be able to watch this game. So. Oh, look, the Bulldogs are going to lose uh, to Essendon and Eddie had, I assume. So that's what I'm going to... You know what? Fuck it. Maybe the fact that I've had... Maybe it's time for the supporters to stop showing this fucking blind loyalty to the team. And Mm. maybe it's time for me to make a fucking stand on this podcast and say that Essendon are going to win this and I'm going to tip Essendon. And then at least if... When we lose, at least I get a fucking tip right on my tips. Do you feel a bit dead inside having just said that? No. I no, it's, never... the fell... it's the first time i felt – it's the first time i felt alive since Sunday.
1: Oh, shit. Maybe I should have – if St. Kilda the underdogs, I could have tipped fucking Adelaide.
0: <laughs> feels uh, good, Charlie. It feels like you've got a sore tooth and, you know, you can't stop fiddling yeah, with it. Yeah, you know you shouldn't touch it, but yeah, you've got to touch it. That's yeah. what it feels like.
1: Yeah, have... the Bombers are going to win and they're going to win good. <laughs> We're back to that guy who gets turned on by humiliation again. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to cuck us. They're going to cuck
0: us good. <laughs> they're going to cuck you so hard. They're going to cuck us. They're going to make us put on our Supremership medals (laughs) And then they're going to cuck us Stringer's going to kick eight Stringer's going to kick eight
1: And he's going to cuck us I forgot about the Stringer matchup That'll be interesting to see Do you reckon they'll give him stick? Um, you
0: know what's going to happen? What? Stringer's going to kick eight. He's going to rip off his top. And you know that giant paddle pop lion he has yeah. on his stomach where the mouth is the... Yeah. It, it turns out he'll, you've got a new tattoo and it's of the paddle pop lion sucking off the dead body of Sid the Bulldog. <laughs> That's what will
1: happen to us on the weekend. Uh, well, I'll tip the Bulldogs in that game.
0: <laughs> I mean, I hope the Bulldogs win. Go Dogs. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not... I, you know, I'm all on board. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready to be back. Yeah. I'm like you, Charlie. I'm so ready to be back. Are you? Like, if, if they come out this weekend and they turn it all around and we beat them, I'm back. I'm like, ah, oh, we beat Essendon. Ah, yeah. oh, this is all right. This is fine. This season's going to be great. That's what I'm ready to be back to. That, but not
1: today. I need not more. Today, I need more proof. I need more proof. Uh, West Coast take on Geelong in the final game of the round over in Perth. This could actually be the other game of the round. Yeah, good. good. There's a couple of great games this round. I reckon Uh, uh, Geelong always do pretty well in the West, don't they? Don't know. Because I'd like to tip West Coast, so I'm just going to frame this that West Coast are the underdogs and pick them.
0: (laughs) I'm going to Charlie. This might be the first time in the history of this podcast that we've both done this willingly and happily. But I am also going to pick the West Coast Eagles. Go Eagles! That's what I say. Go Eagles! The The
1: West West Coast Eagles. West Coast Eagles. And we're here. To show you why we're the big birds, kicked off the big game, we're the eagles, we're flying high. <laughs> that song
0: sucks, I I'm mean, sorry. they were indeed flying high <laughs> yeah. for many years. Um, so here's what, did they play Eagle Rock at games? They if should. They we're going to play a song, I assume Eagle Rock.
1: I guess so. Does, uh, Ge- find out. does Geelong play Love Cats? <laughs>
0: That, weirdly enough, they play "A hey, We Want Some Pussy" by Two Live Crew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I do remember in the eighties because my neighbours started barracking for Geelong. Their cousin was playing for them, so I went to a few Geelong games when I was like eleven, and that was in that era of the Mike Brady re-recorded. We've talked about the Saints song, yep. before, and the Saint, and Geelong had one as well, which was called Cat Attack we is just like, the cat attack, go cats, the cat attack, Geelong, the cat attack, go cats, the cat attack, Geelong. I remember they used to play it before the game, the cat attack. If anyone can find that online, please post it on our Facebook page. I'd love to see it again. All right. Speaking of which, we Hear should finish up. Um, I have a comedy festival show, so if you want to come and see those, that'd be really cool. Uh,
0: my show is called Will Eagle. It's on at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and then I'm coming to Perth. Um, uh, might even go and see an Eagles game. Might even go and sit and enjoy an Eagles game when I'm in Perth. Just get so a re- Shannon Hearn <laughs> jersey. Um, so uh, I have shows if you can come and see those that'd be good and then I'm coming to Sydney and uh, Canberra as well so if you're in those places Uh, Charlie uh, we have like a do we have a Facebook page?
1: We we have have? a Facebook page Two Guys One Cup where you can go and talk about each of the episodes and uh, you can message us there and we'll sometimes read them out Uh, we also have uh, another podcast called Tofop in fact if you want to check out all the podcasts that Will and I do some together some separately you can go to tofop.com And if you want to support the show, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash ToeFop. So you can go there and chuck a couple of bucks our way. That just uh, ensures that Will and I can keep watching our teams lose from week to week and then come here and and talk about it.
0: Yeah, put it this way. We have no other incentive to keep doing this podcast. We don't have a sponsor. Both our teams are shit. Uh, So if you could sling us a dollar or two at Patreon, it will encourage us to at least go to the effort every week. If Uh, you've made it this far.
1: (laughs) You can also, uh, we, have a, uh, we have a Twitter page. Will's on Twitter, I'm on Twitter, cow's on Twitter. Is there anything else to plug? I can't remember. Oh, Michael's uh, typing something. We've probably forgotten something. Hang on, just give okay. it a sec. Oh, oh no. it helps pay
0: my horse on membership so he can go fuck himself. <laughs>
1: Play on, not 15. Bull. Bo- <sighs> <laughs> we are Two
0: Guys, One Cup.